Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome to Blue Talks. How many of you here believe that you know the truth? You wouldn't believe it if you didn't think it were true, right? But what if you were to wake up one morning and find out that everything you knew was a lie? In every belief is a lie. I want to introduce you to my great-grandparents, my mother's grandparents. Um, this is Max and my, uh, and my nanny, Becky. Nanny Becky was living in uh, Kiev, and on her 16th birthday, she woke up, and the people who she thought were her parents said to her, we are not your parents, we are your grandparents. Your mother died in childbirth, and your father left for America, and he's since remarried, and they've sent for you. We have all of your belongings in a steamer trunk, and you're leaving today. How would that impact the way that you see the world today? How would that influence your ability to trust? That's the lens that suddenly appeared in her life. So I want you all to close your eyes, and I want you to imagine that you are now in your home, surrounded by your loved ones, and you're laughing, and you're in familiar surroundings. And now I want to take you to now move into a strange land, to a strange place with strangers. You don't know the language, you don't know the culture, anything. How does that feel in your body? It's pretty amazing. So where do our beliefs come from? Well, most people would say that our beliefs come from when we're born and we have all of these experiences in our lives, which is true. So we actually uh, develop our beliefs from the town we live in, the culture, our religion, our socioeconomic status. But we also can inherit beliefs. Now, our brains have five major brain frequencies. When we're born, we're in delta. And delta is this big wave, very slow. So imagine what a newborn baby has to learn. A newborn baby has to learn about sight, sound, taste, language. It's just incredible what they have to absorb at a very deep level. And they will also absorb the feelings of their parents and people around them. Theta is the state of imagination. It's deep imagination. And theta is also a wide wave. 
And theta is that place where elementary school kids are. So they can always make a stick into a gun or mud pies or whatever they want. That's the state of imagination. Then you have alpha, which is how many of you have driven someplace and don't even remember how you got there? Yeah, that's the state of alpha. We, that's the state of deep learning. And it's also the state of um, meditation. We go in and out of that state several times a day, seven to 10 times a day, actually. And then we have beta, which is where I hope you're all now, which is a smaller wave. And that's our cognitive thinking. That's where our brain is. And then we go into gamma, which is the Tibetan monks, which is a whole nother category. Our beliefs impact our perceptions, and our perceptions impact our behaviors. So I want to talk to you about the science of inheriting beliefs. There's a science uh, of epigenetics. And this fascinated me. They actually took mice, and they had, uh, they had them smell a particular smell. And then when they smelled that smell, they gave them electric shocks. So at one point, they finally started to associate the electric shocks with the, that smell. Well, here's the incredible thing that happened. Their grandchildren, their grandpups, whenever they smelled a smell, that particular smell, they would run without ever having been electrocuted. There was a study done during World War II in the Netherlands, after, the, after World War II, um, there was a great resistance in the Netherlands. And to punish the people, they, the Nazis blockaded the country, and there was great starvation. 20,000 people died. And what they ended up doing was there were women who were pregnant during that time, and they studied the women who actually went through that period, and the children who were born after that. They wanted to know the difference between those children and the children that were born before and after that situation. What they found was their cortisol levels were different. They had PTSD. And they also had a higher level of schizophrenia. Something that I noticed this past, this past summer I went to a Native American elders gathering. And these were people who had deep wisdom. But what I noticed about them is no one would look me in the eye. They all kind of hunched over. And they were very insecure. And I began to talk to some of them. And they said, well, with everything that we have been through, we have been so severely abused that we don't believe, we don't understand why people would want to have anything to do with us. Many of them, missionaries, would take the children and take them to residential homes and force them to forget their language and their culture. It takes two generations to forget everything. I had an opportunity 10 years ago to go to the jungles of Costa Rica. And um, that was me in the back. Uh, and we hiked into the jungles, uh, jungle about three hours. And we sat with this tribe. And they told us stories about how the Spanish um, forbade them to, uh, 
to use their own language. They were not allowed to teach. Up until 10 years ago, they were just building schools to allow them to teach their own children their language and their culture. And during that time, they told us with tears how their grandparents and great-grandparents were forced to kneel on gravel if they mentioned anything from their culture, remembered anything from their language, they were forced to forget. And so this trauma got, went down generation to generation. And on a side note, when we were there, we first sat down and we had this giant wooden bowl and they passed it around and it had this lumpy liquid in it. And it was kind of like smoking a peace pipe with all of them. So they had us drink this until it was all gone. They referred to it as chicha. And I will tell you, there was something that I had remembered from National Geographic, but I couldn't place it, but I knew there was something kind of funky about this. Well, when I got back to civilization and I looked it up, how many of you know the yucca plant, the yucca vegetable? It's a root vegetable. They take a bite, they chew it up, spit it into a bowl. <laughs> yeah, you got it. And their saliva fermented that and it became alcohol. So yes, that's what I got to do. So how do you access your unconscious beliefs? from your lineage. I, I worked with a woman who was actually in pharmaceutical sales. And she was struggling because she'd always wanted to be a natural healer. But she had this deep-seated belief that she couldn't make money at it. And that was also her mother's belief. She came from a long line of healers. But none of them would dare charge for what they were doing. What we discovered was, going back generations, when the Portuguese came to Brazil, they wanted to convert them. But in order to do that, they told them that if you have this gift from God, you can't charge for it. So they ended up in poverty. And generation after generation after generation, this belief stayed with them. So when I helped her release that belief, she quit her job and started her own naturopathic um, practice. Now, there are some amazing miracles that happen in our lives. And I have seen some incredible things happen. Um, I had actually worked with a, um, with a client of mine um, where we actually did some releasing of uh, some, some belief systems that she was struggling with. And she ended up uh, crying when she opened her eyes. She was weeping. I said, what may I ask is going on? She said, when we started, I had this orchid plant on my desk and there were no buds open. And during that hour, she sent me a photo of the orchid and that's the bud that opened. And Dr. Wallen, uh, Dr. Mark Wallen uh, wrote a book and he talks about working with people from the Holocaust and how they have these beliefs that get passed down. Well, how do you know that it's your belief? One of the things he talks about is looking for language. 
So she had this woman who was suicidal from the time that she could remember. Since she was born, she didn't want to be here. She was in incredible amount of pain. And he was listening to her language, and she kept saying, incinerate, I feel like I want to be incinerated, and vaporized. And he thought to himself, this is not language of someone in modern day. We don't use that language. He asked her if she had ancestors that were uh, survivors of the Holocaust, and she said yes. So he was able to determine that her depression and her suicidal thoughts were actually inherited from her, from her grandparents. So you cannot solve problems by using the same kind of thinking that created them. It's important to break those generational chains. So as I said, you want to look for language, language that isn't yours. The next thing you want to look for are patterns. Because if you have certain patterns that are in your family lineage, you want to look for that to see, OK, why do all of us have this same issue that's going on so that we can look to solve that. So many, many families have these different patterns. And I'd like you to think about this. If you look deeply into the palm of your hand, you will see your parents and all generations of your ancestors. All of them are alive in this moment. Each is present in your body. You are the continuation of these people. But here's another thing. We've talked about negative or difficult things. But what about honoring? We want to think about honoring our ancestors as well. Because what made us who we are? I guarantee you that most people here are not indigenous people. All of us came here from someplace else. All of our ancestors came here. What did it take to become you? What's the wisdom that got passed on? Leadership, philanthropy, entrepreneurship, all of these things. I think back on my family lineage of my grandfather being entrepreneur, my father, who also taught me how to become an entrepreneur. Then in my mother's lineage, um, working in nonprofit organizations, her great-grandparents came over from, uh, from Russia and started, were founding members of an organization that helped people settle in the United States so that they, they helped them in their mission of becoming, finding homes and making sure that they had what they need. So I invite you to think about and honor the wisdom that you all have because it's not all bad. Family dysfunction rolls down from generation to generation, like a fire in the woods, taking down everything in its path until one person in one generation has the courage to turn and face the flames. That person brings peace to their ancestors and spares the children to follow. Terry Real. 
So what I have here, if any of you like, I have a, a QR code that leads to some videos with a few techniques to help people and um, help you through some, there's some cutting edge unique tips. And here is my contact information. Thank you so much for having me. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.